Hey everybody, Todd here to remind you that we have a growing community over at patreon.com slash play full of listeners who get to recommend show topics, recommend guests, see site content before anyone else. In some cases, they get to pick what site content is about. If those kind of things interest you, you can check us out at patreon.com slash play. Here's the show. Good evening, fans. Tim Kittrow here, the voice of NBA Jam. And you're listening to the Game Dev Breakdown Podcast, brought to you by CodeWritePlay.com. Whoa, boom shakalaka. My mom gave birth in 1985. I was within a Pac-Man ghost, barely alive. In the Cold War, my only blanket was Tetris. I played Rampart with Reagan Rampage, the world for breakfast. The laundry mat was my sanctuary. The arcade was my church. Okay, uh, it's Camille. Is that right? Yep, yep, exactly. What is your position with Draw Distance? Uh, I'm a producer, actually, so, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm in charge, you know, uh, planning and uh, other like boring stuff like that. But it's actually very interesting. I decided at some point that it might be an interesting like career path. So yeah, that's what I'm kind of doing. <laughs> Absolutely. How how uh, early did you get into that position? Has it always been that way, or did you do something else? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I, I, uh, I used to be a, a journalist, and I was a narrative designer slash quiz designer, and then. Uh, like I started a draw distance like six, like uh, half, half a year ago uh, as a producer, and that's 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 what's happening right now. And I'm like still trying to manage, you know, my uh, way around. All, like my, I try to manage the problems and everything that's that this position entails, right? So I joined them after after Serial Cleaner and after they launched uh, this mixer game called House of Horror. Uh, so yeah, my, my main project, uh, my main task was to, uh, help with development of ritual. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, before we dig too far into that, where are you guys located exactly? Uh, we're in Krakow in Poland. Very cool. Uh, in terms of industry, who else is over there with you? Do you have any other big developers over there? Uh, in Poland, we have, for example, you know, Seed Project Red, they made The Witcher or, or uh, Techland, the, uh, the people who made Dying Light. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we have uh, Eleven Beat, uh, the people who made uh, This War of Mine and Frostpunk, or, for example, our friends from across the street, uh, the Bluebird team who made Layers of Fear and Observer. So, yeah, Poland is growing pretty strong in terms of video game develop- development, and, uh, and it's looking like the future is looking very bright for, for us, actually. <laughs> Yeah, those are actually pretty heavy hitters for sure. Yeah, it's getting like uh, every single year it's getting better and better, right? We have plenty of talented people and uh, amazing studios. Like we can say, we can talk about uh, Flying Wild Hog or People Can Fly located in Warsaw. The, they're like doing amazing jobs for like and amazing games. And they're like, Plenty of studios just trying to start their careers in the industry like every single year. So there's a lot of stuff happening. That's very cool. How big is draw distance right now? <laughs> we are like 15 people, I think. That's pretty good. Yeah, uh, counting. You know, uh, we we have some people in marketing and some people uh, working on business on business development. Uh, Things like that, but in terms of like the, the, the development team, we have somewhere around like twelve people or 10, 10 to twelve people. That's that's enough people to make your job difficult, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's not, not exactly easy, right? But uh, 
but yeah, you, you, a lot of problems that you can have in organizations that have 120 people can be translated into organizations that have like 12. So you manage with a smaller scope, but essentially the problems tend to be the same. So, uh, so yeah, sometimes it can be difficult uh, and, and kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't imagine because I can barely manage my own personal projects. <laughs> so, so the idea of being over other people and helping them get everything they need uh, throughout the day, it, your job must look completely different every day. That's exactly what's happening. But I, I love that. I always love that kind of jobs. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's like when, whenever someone asks you, uh, so, so what do you do? And, and your answer is like, like today or this hour? When? Right. when what are you actually exactly asking about? Yeah. Yeah, so, so it can vary depending on a day, especially in a team like that, right? Uh, we're indie, so everybody's pretty much doing whatever they can. And so it's... Sometimes you have a, for example, like, well, you have a game designer who's making levels for a game, or uh, you have a whatever me, and I'm so sometimes I'm in, like I'm implementing dialogues or whatever into the game. So uh, it, it, despite being a producer, I can, uh, I don't know, like you, you know, like implement dialogue, write dialogue, uh, correct some things on the levels, or just play to the game, or do, do whatever is like actually needed at the moment. So that, that, that's a, that's amazing. I love that. And some like bigger organization would have to stick to the plan and do what exactly what's expected of you. And so like being indie is amazing. Yeah, and and you must be extra valuable to them because you have writing experience and you're you know you know what you're doing with words. So that, that's not to me to you know judge. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I, I'm just betting that they value that skill. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hopefully, we have an amazing writer actually. He's, he's my friend uh, from uh, our journalism days, and he I, I like I value his input a lot. So um, I might my tasks uh, when it comes to ritual, not actually writing, mainly like making sure in terms of like how the story is uh, implemented. So yeah. I, I'm like I needed a break from writing and designing quests after my last job. So yeah, absolutely. So. You're, you've been around for a little while with them, and the Serial Cleaner is still doing pretty well, right? It just went out in a humble monthly bundle, and so you still have a little momentum going there. Yes, it's it's pretty amazing that the game is like still selling well, and there's still some of the uh, initiatives like the humble bundle. Uh, I think there are some amazing things that's gonna ha- uh, that are gonna happen in the future, but uh, but I can't talk about them yet. But I think you can, like, you you will be surprised when you when you hear about that. So uh, I, I'm gonna give you a tease, but uh, I I can't tell like, anything more about this. But it's, when, when I heard about like some plans for uh, for our future in general as a company, uh, and then I was like, okay, what the hell? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that was that's weird. So yes, Rickley is doing pretty okay. Uh, I know that we uh, will have, I don't know if it happened already, but it's going to probably launch soon on iOS devices. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, so, so it's going to be avail- available on mobiles. So that's exciting, and I, I can want to play that game on my phone. Uh, but yeah, it's, 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 it's great. It's amazing to see that a game that's been made like two years ago, I think, uh, still living and breathing. So yeah, that, that's, that, that, that's amazing. And we hope that Ritual is going to be another game that's going to live long and prosper. 
Yeah, I, I love that because I, I do like Serial Cleaner a lot, and I like when uh, games I like either hit mobile or Nintendo Switch or something like that because, you know, it can be hard to get through a game that you like even if you want to because, you know, the, we're all grown-ups and our days are busy. But if I've yeah. got something on my phone with me, I know not every dev can do it, but if, if they can, it's really nice. Yeah, and that's what uh, that's what we uh, decided to do for each of all. Uh, when, whenever, when we were when we started designing the game, we, we were trying to come up with something that could that might be kind of easy to port to, 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 to for example Nintendo Switch uh, we are focusing on our PC land right now but when, when you take a look at the game and I, see, I saw you play it and you can like easily see bro, that the targeting system or the construction of the levels that they last for 3-5 to five minutes is like uh, it's, I think it's going to work for a mobile platform like Switch so that's something that's good to have in mind whenever you're trying to uh, whenever you have a smaller game, that might be a suitable fit for a platform like that. It's smart. It requires that clever sort of um, modular design, nice compact experiences. I think that's a really good fit. Yeah, well, hopefully. But um, I don't know if we're, when or if we're going to launch on the Switch, but I hope we will. Because yeah. I love that platform and I just I, I need a, a, a top-down shooter on it. Like a top-down shooter is not only Endless, you know, Massacre, but something else, uh, something more. So I really hope that we're going to launch on the Switch, but it probably depends on how well the game does on PC. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally understand. I, I think a lot of people's strategy is to go PC, see how it does, then decide whether you want to either, uh, you know, expand on the content or move to other, other uh, platforms. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and also is that, uh, you know, de- development on PCs and uh, adding things to the game is w- way easier on, on PC, right? Yeah. Uh, you have you have this, I know that players tend to hate it because well, it, PC developers earned it, uh, but they tend to hate unfinished games released on uh, true early access, but when you use well, when you use properly, this, this whole idea of open development and development, is something exciting, really, and it's, we we can't wait to to like properly support this, you know, to give people, uh, for example, new levels or new weapons to test and to listen to their feedback. And it's something that you can still pretty much can't do easily on consoles, right? Uh, so it's it's not. I, I never look at that as let's launch a PC and see whatever, and then just port it to consoles, but it's, it's an opportunity, right? It's something that you, you can do, you, you can do, uh, especially being a small company that, that doesn't need to, you know, stay, doesn't need to plan, like, five years ahead in terms of, like, you know, marketing budgets, whatever, something like that. Yeah, and it, it seems like you guys are doing it exactly right. I've looked at your early access page for Ritual, and it lays out very clearly where the game's at, what you plan to do with it, and I think players will respond positively to that. Because I, I think what they want to see is someone who created a whole game, and then they might be open to like getting even more content instead of the feeling like you made a game and then shot parts of it off to release later. Like I don't, I don't think you're giving away that vibe at all. So I think you're going to be in good shape. I hope so. Uh, I, I certainly hope so. And we're like, I'm, I'm really looking forward to to talking to the community and so uh, like listening to them, working with them. Like, but, but at the same time, that's that's a that's an interesting 
question here uh, about you know the authorship of the game essentially like what do you want to make versus what people expect of you so for example they can say that okay we hate that part but then you say that okay guys you can hate that but it's a critical part of the experience that we have in mind and uh, I'm kind of afraid of this conflict that might like might happen at some point in the future uh, because giving too much power to the community is going to be you know uh, giving them uh, an idea that we are going to do everything they say, but at the same time, how to communicate that, guys, we need your help, we, we value your feedback, but in the end, we have a certain experience in mind, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've definitely watched games go through this before. If I don't know if you're familiar with Killing Floor, but their community had big issues with that, and really it was because there were big developers and big publishers behind it. And uh, certain community members felt like it has to go this direction and things have to be done in this order. But I think if you guys are truly listening to them and communicating well, you know, what what you're doing, hopefully it won't be too bad. I understand that concern. <laughs> uh, yeah, for, like, for example, uh, it, it was kind of amazing for me uh, this weekend when we, when we gave uh, people on our Discord server this demo that I sent you. They started giving their feedback about uh, the weapons that we have, for example. And some people said, okay, we hate the revolver. It, it, it's uh, like the, the, the basic pistol feels underpowered and boring. And at the same time, some other people said, okay, I, I, I love the revolver. And it's like, just, just please don't nerf it or whatever. And I saw that like, there's plenty of opinions uh, and there are going to be more of them. And you kind of realize that this is exactly what you wanted to. Uh, at some point in the game, when we made a, a choice, while, while designing the game, when we made a choice that we want to give players options, then just exactly what we should have expected, right? That some people will uh, love automatic weapons and some people prefer just a normal crossbow or something like that. Uh, and then you realize that this is exactly what's happening and, uh, and that someone might like never touch a weapon that you love but they will suddenly like, and, and you realize they love a game that you like. You literally never use. Like this is already happening, and it's amazing. Uh, and I kind of wonder what, what can we do in the future to embrace that and to 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 you know to make sure that everything is communicated properly in order to make make sure that all those voices are heard and nobody's feeling you know left out of the discussion or not taken into account, their opinion not taken into account. So uh, yeah, that's that, that's. A really interesting thing for us right now, how to how to how to do that. And we want to do it well, but if you were like listening to things that are happening in video game industry right now, you know that it's pretty much a minefield, right? Yeah, uh, <laughs> like uh, it's it's sometimes very intimidating to to do anything. So yeah. Yeah, it's. I, I guess I should uh, set a couple of things out for for our listeners in case they haven't been able to see some of my social media posts. Basically, Ritual is a uh, top-down shooter. You could think of it like a twin-stick shooter. It's going to be on PC. It's sort of, I called it like a twin-stick shooter set in the Diablo universe. Like it had that kind of vibe to it. And and I love that. And it's actually really different from the last project. Uh, serial, well, you guys had something between Serial Cleaner and this. But uh, the people who know you for Serial Cleaner, they're getting something new. So they should set that expectation. Yeah, 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 yes. We we have Serial Cleaner, which is uh, 
like the, the way the way the way I think about this game is that it's Hotline Miami in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because instead of killing people, you clean after the mess that some, somebody made already. Yeah, and then we had another weird project. It was House of Horror, the a game for Microsoft Mixer. Uh, it's like a like it's like Twitch, but people can make decisions, like they can vote on things that are happening inside the game. So we made a game for that platform, and it's it's weird and it's amazing. Uh, and after that, after making this a game for a streaming platform that allows people to make decisions, uh, we translated that experience into a board game. And we like by the time your listeners are listening to this, and we have. We, we, we have already launched a Kickstarter for that. And then after all this, uh, we, we've had Ritual, right? And Ritual is a, a, a top-down shooter that's heavy on the action. And like, I, lo- I love their description about uh, the description of a top-down shooter happening in the Diablo universe. I, I love <laughs> that. So that, that's the, the projects that we do are like, there's a lot of weird stuff happening here. <laughs> and I love that. I love, I really love that, that we, we can do pretty much anything we want. Uh, that's great about being indie. Uh, so yeah, so Ritual is a, a weird one for us because it's the first time that this company is working on an, um, on a game that features combat, so uh, yeah. designing that was was really something that well, it was kind of hard and exciting at the same time. And it it feels really good. Like I I don't know how to describe it, but when I picked it up and uh, used my controller plugged into my PC, like it felt exactly the way I should have expected it to feel. Like I was very impressed by like it. It just worked, and that was nice. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's all uh, it's it's all about that screen shake, you know. <laughs> the screen shake was uh, hilarious yeah. and awesome. Yeah, I really like is is the screen shake and the controller vibration. So that, that's it. Yeah, it, it it pulled me in right away. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, like what what I personally love about this project, uh, it, it's kind of a funny story because this game was uh, in development for quite a while. And it was a different game initially. It was more, it was focused on uh, crafting and survival. And shooting was actually like very, uh, it was just a mechanic that was there for uh, a certain reason, but it was not utilized to, to its like potential. And at some point when I was like, uh, when I was kind of talking with draw distance to join them, uh, I, I, I was playing this demo and I, and I said, Okay, why is this game not based around shooting? It, it feels amazing because w- what they made is that uh, what they already had in the game, what, what, what this amazing mechanic of aiming, you know, this uh, aim support in a top-down game. So it, it it immediately set it apart from other top-down shooters that I was playing. When you have, you know, the right stick, uh, the twin stick shooters. When you have a right stick and you have to uh, aim uh, in any direction you, c- you can aim in any direction you want and then uh, you just shoot right hoping that you're going to shoot something what happens in ritual is that you pull the aim button and it instantly targets a nearby enemy and then you are just not wasting any shots and this is present in this crafting game uh, crafting survival game that they were making and I think I believe that this game never really like clicked the audience. They showed it off at PAX or Digital Dragons in Poland, and people like kind of liked it, but 
they were not sure about it. There was something like pretty things not working. So around November last year, we decided to overhaul everything and just change the game on based around, you know, the shooting mechanic. And so building it up from that, it kind of clicked instantly. It kind of clicked and it was just uh, amazing to see the game grow every single day to, in, in, in order to, you know, support this one mechanic, this one, this one single system that was so great. And I, I think it's great, but I, hopefully people, other people will think, think so too. And judging by your reaction when you say that, it's just, it, it just worked. I think it's just, that's exactly the thing that we were hoping to achieve. Yeah. And the, the overhaul you mentioned was something I meant to ask you about because I saw, in the early access description that, that you said it had been through a couple of big, big changes. And so I was curious about, uh, where something starts and ends up here because, uh, whatever it did, it worked out pretty well. It's, um, like, yeah, like I said, it's, it was just, it, it was a very interesting game. It was an interesting concept where, in which you had some phases of, it was a game about protecting the witch, right? So it stayed. And you had to protect her, and in order to do that, you had to create barricades in one phase of the game, uh, you know, craft things and, you know, collect resources. And then at some point, you were, uh, the game was shifting into this combat game, combat-based game. So you had to protect the witch by utilizing all the barricades you made, using resources that you crafted, and, you know, just, like, uh, hitting them with a melee attack, and sometimes uh, shoot them if you had enough crafting components to create uh, bullets. And so it, it was a huge game, and it could have worked, but it would have... Uh, it, it would require a lot of time to uh, to actually get finished and released in a in a like in a version that's polished enough to actually stand out among the crowd. We decided to create uh, a very simple prototype, a very simple prototype of a game that's based around uh, protecting the witch by shooting with this amazing mechanic that they they, they already had, you know, this aiming system. Yeah, and it, it it just worked. It just clicked, and we were uh, like <laughs> one of the earliest prototypes was just. You know, uh, a wish uh, in the middle of a like completely like black prototype, and there were some walls, and there were like hundreds of enemies—not not hundreds, but like dozens of enemies attacking you from every single side. So we were like, okay, what, what can we do about that? Okay, let's add another weapon. Let's add a shotgun. Let's add a, add a crossbow. Let let's add grenades. Let's uh, let's add dash instead of dodge roll, whatever. Let's dash. And, and then we're like, okay, this makes sense, and this is this is fun. So yeah, so then, then we were just started coming up with new skills, new weapons, new new level layouts. Because in January still we had only uh, levels based around you know running around one like a hut in in, a, in the middle of the screen. But now then then we decided to uh, come up with new mechanics for uh, to, in order to you know make something interesting with the levels. And then we said, okay, what can we do about that? And we've had we start creating like plenty of different mechanics so for example we're gonna have a level in which the in which the witch teleports from one point to another uh-huh. uh we decided to have something like different so instead so we just we just said okay so let's get rid of the witch and make a a, a level in which that's english it's weird sorry <laughs> and, <laughs> no i know what you mean <laughs> yeah uh, let's create a level in which uh, your only goal is to protect yourself uh and so suddenly you had okay so everyone's attacking me now what can we do about that and then we said Okay, let's make you faster. So let's add, you know, different types of terrain, and we can like do uh, ice, and then you're gonna be faster. And, and we're like, 
yeah, that's making perfect sense. And everything suddenly started clicking and clicking and clicking. And we have like plenty of different mechanics. Uh, some of them are like we didn't have time to polish them enough to include them in our early access release. But uh, so we have, for example, levels happening on ice or snow. But then in one of our patches, we're going to add, uh, for example, levels happening uh, in a swamp. So uh, you'd have to dash properly or find paths uh, not to get slowed down. And when you get slowed down, what, what happens is that enemies are still faster than you. So you, it's suddenly a completely different game. So the moment we, we, we had that foundation of the game, it, it just suddenly started becoming very easy. And like, yeah, let's add that, add, add that, and add that. And, and the games just started getting better and better every single day. So it was an amazing feeling. Yeah, and, and I, I like that sort of building iteration process you describe, and I think that'll resonate with uh, a lot of the listeners who are game developers. I wonder, how do you guys decide at what point you go to early access? Because with this, it seems like you could very easily just continue with you know, step by step by step. Is it, is it mostly driven by your desire for feedback at this point? At this point, yes, because we could... It, it, we could like include more weapons, more spells, more levels, but we are playing this in our studio. Sometimes we have a playtester or uh, somebody like giving us feedback. But I just kind of realized at some point that you you can like the feedback you get from game developers is very valuable, but it's not always something they're looking for. Right. Same is happening with people who are you're like just taking off the street and asking, "Hey, can you play our game?" They just don't care, right? <laughs> so uh, they're, they're going to be like looking at, um, at all the things that you don't want them to look at. But at the same time, when you like what I realized right now after the weekend when we play, uh, let people play the game, people who are interested in the game, uh, they are giving us extremely valuable feedback because they are invested in the game. So uh, right now, at, at some point, we have to say, okay, this is the moment when we can release a semi-finished, like, like, like we, we can hit alpha. We can have every single feature implemented, and we need people to just say, uh, like, to give us feedback. Uh, because we can go in plenty of different directions, and we need, some, uh, we need our like, people to help us with that, to decide what is criti- critical, what they need to see, do they need more challenges, do they need, uh, for example, do we, should we pro- prioritize creating an endless mode or maybe new custom-based levels, because we are not using any generation, we are just, everything is handcrafted. Uh, so should we like focus on uh, generating an endless mode, or should, should we just make new levels, or is this boring for people, so should we make like more new mechanics, and so on and so on. So right now, for this early access release, we decided to go with 18 levels, and they're kind of different, some, like they're some of them are pretty similar to them to, 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 to each other. Some of them are like completely different. Uh, some of them are like one shots of something like really exotic. So we, we, we need to hear people saying, okay, this is great. I love that. I hated that. And then we will know, okay, so we're going to push our resources to that and that and that. And then we're going to just like say, okay, this is not happening. This is not interesting to anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's really important at some point. And uh, before early access, how were you attracting people to your Discord server? Oh man, that's we we are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a painful question. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> 
we we're like we're a small team and everyone's like trying to everyone's working on several things at once right so uh and for example our marketing people are uh at the same time like uh, at the same time we're working on ritual and it's launching on uh, early access it's like this week and two days before that we're launching a kickstarter campaign for our board game right mm-hmm. uh so just like plenty of stuff going on, and I, I, don't, I don't think we actually had a plan. <laughs> we, we were just we were, we were just going with the flow. We said, okay, we need to set up the Discord server. Uh, we we need to talk to people. So okay, let's do that. Okay, well, what else can we do? Uh, yeah, let's do this and that and that. So I, I don't think we had a plan. I don't I don't know if I can like give any tips about anything related to our community building or managing because I don't know. I understand because I, I hear from developers all the time who say. Uh, either they're having trouble getting traction in that area or it just happened to work out. And I guess in, in a way, that's kind of what you want. You want people to naturally, organically have this interest in what you're doing and come find you. If there was just a trick where you hit a button and everyone trickled in, it probably wouldn't be very valuable. Yes, that's true. That's true. And also, I'm very... like. I can't say that our like Discord server or uh, it's a huge success, right? We we don't have like seven thousand people s- sitting there uh, or writing to us, but it's that, that's okay. That's that's really good because the scope of of this Discord server is pretty manageable, and I, I can like still uh, we ask people to introduce themselves, and there are like a couple of people who who did that, and I I, I remember them, and that's what I want to do. I want to remember those people and know something about them. And because like the server is getting traction, it's slowly getting like more like there, there's more and more people joining over time, and it's great that it's not happening in like you know huge waves, but it's just happening organically. So uh, and also like so so it's good. Uh, I, I kind of like that because we're not drowning in feedback right now. We can react to that. We can answer to every single question that people have, uh, and, and we can actually talk to them. So this this is amazing and. And I, I kind of hope that it's, there, there's going to be a lot more people joining us, a lot more people uh, talking to us. And but, but I think if, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen, right? Yeah. Uh, so I don't have any expectations. Uh, I just I just hope that we're going to be uh, that they're going to see that we are like that. It's something that is worth investing your time into because we like really listen to those people and we like try to answer everything they, that they say. Also, the, one of the hard parts about that was that I was was, get, uh, was actually getting me, uh, any media attention. That, that was that was hard. Yeah, yeah. But every single indie developer is going to tell you the same thing, right? <laughs> uh, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, getting any media outlets to write about you is just yeah, that's a headache. I, uh, it, it's interesting because in the beginning, you're you're kind of lucky if you can get those that small group of very focused individuals who you can kind of get into their heads a little bit. You can kind of sort of go through what they're thinking and really take their feedback to heart. Obviously, at some point, you have to go for big numbers. But along the way, it seems really valuable to have that relationship with uh, a smaller community of people. And I, I'm hoping that works in your favor, really. I, I hope so, but uh, at the same time, uh, I know that it's valuable, and I've seen it work in my life, because like, uh, I, I used to work for like, a print magazine and their website, that was quite popular in Poland, mm-hmm. and it was based around those big personalities that you were, like, some, some people, like, you knew the, the, those, the, the people that wrote those reviews or, uh, or like, any, um, anything. 
So you were like sometimes you were buying this magazine for for them to read the reviews, even if you disagreed, and because like of this personality based uh, system that they had, and that's pretty much what happened in every single print magazine in Poland. I think that was writing about video games. Now that I think of it, but anyway, uh, what happens that. Uh, Even today, uh, some people who joined our server, our Discord server, were people who were reading my reviews like four, four years ago, something like that, or like so, so they remembered that, and they remember that uh, the, some of them like were writing to me on Facebook or on Twitter, and I, I always reply. I always reply to people, and I try to like talk to them. So this relationship that you have with people is, is extremely valuable, and I always like always try. I was always trying to find time to to, to reply to them because it, it kind of matters a lot to 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 to. Uh, you can see that matters a lot to people who are just starting with journalism or game development, or sometimes you just wrote something that they that really struck a chord with them, and they want to say thank you, and then you say, man you are the one who like should get thanks because you're reading that. And if I could help you in any way, that, that that's amazing, man. I feel great right now. Thank you like for telling me this. Because all you hear normally is, you know, this, this, this hateful feedback yeah. that that's what's happening on the internet. So whenever someone takes time to actually reply to you and say, thank you, man, uh, it, it feels amazing, right? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so having this relationship and thanking people and, and, and being like, just, I'm like honestly excited whenever I whenever I, I see people being excited by things that that I do. Like right now, we're making a game, and wherever people like, whenever they devote their time to talk to us about this game, that's just amazing. Yeah. And it's extremely valuable. And I love the fact that we are like, you know, we are, I, I, suddenly uh, I work in an indie company. Uh, I can actually write whatever I want on our Discord server. Uh, that, that's not so obvious when you work in a AAA industry. And suddenly this happened in my life. And I'm like super excited that I can do that. Yeah. I, I tell people all the time, if you like something, you have to reach out and tell that person because nobody hesitates to say something bad. They People yes. say something bad all the time. So if yeah. you like it, you have to speak up and let that person know. Or they may just stop doing it thinking that no one likes it, you know? <laughs> Yes, exactly. That's that's yes, that's it. That's it. Whenever like when you find something that's great, just just tell the create find the creator and tell them that it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so because we take it for granted, right? Uh, that uh, somebody made something that we like. So yeah, he probably heard. They they probably heard it a thousand times. Well, why should I even bother to tell them that it's great? Yeah. And then at some point you just write to somebody and they say, "Wow, you're the first person that ever told me that," and then you're very sad. Yeah, it's it's a little bit sad, but it's also nice. <laughs> Speaking of all of this uh, community stuff and and marketing and everything, tell me what happened with the name change from I Fun for All to Draw Distance. Mom, do, 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 do I like seriously need to explain that? Well, we know. all we all we all probably agree that I Fun for All is probably the worst name you've ever heard. Oh, not the worst. No, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> oh, give me, give, give me, give, give me a like something worse. Um, there's always st stuff like um, people try to make names like Kickass Games or you know, <laughs> just just silly <laughs> things, or they'll go the other way and they'll be like self-deprecating names like not that great games or something like that. So yeah, fun, it's just, fun it's just, for all sounds good. It's like what, what you mentioned is it's just not funny, but that's the only crime that they're making but i fun for all with 
the small eye, like in iPhones and four, you know, like it's 1993 or whatever. It may be a tad <laughs> outdated, yes. <laughs> it was just wrong, but it, it's just my opinion, man. Uh, but yeah, this, like this company is actually really old. It, it's we, we, like this company has been in business for like ten years now. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, and so this name was the the, the profile of it. I, I think uh, was mostly on. They, they were trying to develop some mo- mobile titles, and this name was kind of okay for that. Yeah. But after Serial Cleaner, it it kind of was weird, right? It started to become weird, and then we had some like discussions about ritual, for example, and then you have a game that's about shooting demons, and it's called <laughs> Ritual Crown. Of- Horse, and then you see the developer name, and it's called iPhone for all that. And that's weird, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's it's not we, we are not. Uh, so, so it's a new. I don't know what, how, how it works exactly because it's related to you know stock market or whatever. Uh, but it's not exactly a new name of the studio. It's going to become a new name of the studio, but it, it's just like something that we use right now and. I, don't, I, I can't explain that because I'm just stupid to understand all those, you know, stock market weird stuff. No, you're, you're right. I was looking at this the wrong way. I was looking at it as, wow, they had all of this momentum with Serial Cleaner, and then they changed their name, which is surprising. But the right way to look at that was, you're about to start making a game about shooting demons in hell, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and it can't be called iFun for all anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, that's it. Even though it is fun right? It's, right it's just not it's just wrong to call this like to release a game like that under uh, uh that studio name it, it almost sounds like like young adults you know <laughs> <laughs> hey kids you yeah. Know? <laughs> <laughs> yep uh yeah so when when we were like we, we were obviously we're working on ritual but we have other plans for the future so yeah that that, that name wasn't gonna cut it it, it's, it was just not not working uh, so that, that's, that's, I'm excited that this finally happened. It's, uh, for, for a couple of months, <laughs> for a couple of months, I was actually, uh, jobless. Uh, I, I didn't have anything written in my LinkedIn, on my LinkedIn account because I just didn't want to put iPhone for all in there. <laughs> I understand. Um, <laughs> I was kind of looking at connections between serial cleaner and ritual. And it, it seems like there's a very cinematic quality to your games. And you guys must have some film fans, right? I think that our like uh, lead designer on Ritual is after like he has a college degree in film. Oh well, there you go. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's probably it is. And also, our writer is just just uh, he's such a geek, man, uh, about like movies. Uh, whenever you talk to him, and he ask, "Hey, man, have you have you seen that?" And he's like, "Yeah, obviously, or something like that." And then he's just talking to you about some like weird Japanese four-hour-long experimental movie about something, and then your your brain just shuts down after like two minutes of listening to about that. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, that's what happens. And he's, he's like, yeah, Khodorovsky's movies about cowboys are very interesting because, and then you're just, yeah, man, just stop, please. Right. Uh, but, <laughs> but no, but honestly, I, I really like, I, I really appreciate that. We have some amazing people in this company who have like huge brains and they like watch everything that's possible. And it's, it's just amazing to sometimes hear their discussions. Uh, especially when, whenever the writer and design, whenever writer and designer are talking about something, it's just it's just mind blowing. 
And if anybody needs to see what I'm talking about, start by playing Serial Cleaner and sort of get that that story in your mind. And then just watch the trailer for Ritual and you'll, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. It's very like cinematic. It's in your face. You know, somebody's a Tarantino fan and watches cowboy movies and stuff <laughs> like it's got all those cool qualities and it just takes you into that world. And it's it's actually a really good thing. We, we actually wanted this trailer uh, for Ritual to be even even more how to say that. It's, uh, it was a discussion between me, our writer, and, uh, uh, and Kuba from uh, Radical Studio who made the trailer. And we were just saying, man, just push it further. Just, just make it like bigger. Uh, we want this uh, cartoon network feeling from the 90s. Uh, <laughs> make it campy. Make it, like, make it violent. Make it like, do something like, extremely... Like, 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 make, it, make it wrong. Uh, and then he was like, "Oh no, I'm not doing that, boss. I'm I'm not doing this. It's my reputation the line. Just just stop." Uh, so it was just we were constantly pushing back and forth on, on this. We 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 wanted more Cartoon Network uh, mixed with gothic um, punk. There's kind of a Rob Zombie vibe. It, it is, but we want to go more uh, into into more white zombie, you know, unpolished direction. Uh, and he, he kind of polished that into Rob Zombie, and, and we're like, yeah, it's kind of cool, but it could have been so much better. But then we are probably <laughs> wrong, and he's probably right. So, <laughs> well, that's the balance you have to strike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So it seems like the feedback for the ritual demo has been awesome. Like, what what are other people saying about it other than than myself? It's, there's uh, like the main 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 thing is that uh, people really seem to like the game. They they like doing challenges. They like the way the shooting that our shooting feels. They like skills. Uh, obviously, they they need some work to, uh, on our side. For example, we 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 are like today we are just implementing sounds to some of them. But uh, overall, people like how the game feels and they want to play more of it and they want to see our like new features like uh gear customization or you know unlocking new new spells and things like that yeah uh, but at the same time they like the only like the only two uh main criticisms that that, that, that we've heard so far is something about this uh is that for some people the this aiming system it's not working properly. They can't get it. Oh, okay. Uh, and mostly, this happens whenever they are playing on uh, with keyboard and mouse. So we know that we need to do a oh, lot yeah. of work on that to make it feel great. Uh, so this is one piece of criticism, and the second one is about um, is that some of those levels uh, might seem they're afraid that they might be re- like repeatable. That it's doing the same thing over and over again. Uh, so these are like two two things that we've heard that are negative, but overall the feedback is really positive and just amazing for us. Yeah, and I think people have to sort of imagine what it's going to be like when there's a lot more to it between rounds. You know, you're upgrading things, finding different... You know, I don't know what's planned, but I'm sure there's going to be more to do and more ways to sort of customize yeah. your experience as you go. Yeah, right now I, I've seen it like... Uh, it's, it's going to be in the early access release. It wasn't in the demo, but I've seen that even something like unlocking a new cape for your uh, for the cowboy... I would love that. Yeah. Yeah, you can do that. We have uh, uh, we have capes, hoods, amulets, and rings, and you unlock them uh, on the levels, and then you just equip whatever you want. Uh, so, for example, we have a cape that in the, our current build is just making you like it's making you reload pretty much instantly, but then you get killed and two hits. So it's, <laughs> it's like this 
like this buff and a debuff that you have and it's a total game changer for me because like suddenly i can just spray bullets and i'm just getting careless and then i die so it's we have a lot of that we have a lot of things that modify your game and then at some point in the future we will be thinking about we i can promise anything right but we 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 were thinking about combo systems or some scoring options, or other things like that. So it's so there's just like we have the core gameplay loop and everything implemented right now, and the rest is just adding building on that. Uh, and like in order to build everything else properly, we need to hear uh, what are people like the foundation. And uh, speaking of variation, what do you mean in the early access description when you mention the real-world data-driven challenge mode? Is there anything you can tell me about that? What's happening is that we are working on technology that allows us to collect certain certain data from the, like our real world, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like like everything that's happening. So like let's say the weather that's currently like the current weather anywhere in the world or your, like your time zones or whatever, and then um, tweak certain features uh, accordingly. So uh, for Ritual, we're planning to do um, a special mode uh, that's based on astrology, let's say, about the phases of the moon and you know stars, mm-hmm. uh, planets, and they will generate certain challenges. For example, they will pick levels from the game and, and put them in a certain order, and then you will not be able to get back to hub or change weapons in the meantime, but you will have to play them in this order that was picked for you. Uh, so, for example, you'll have to play through three maps that are each five minutes long, and so we'll have to survive for 15 minutes. And then you will have also some param- uh, some some statistics and, uh, and other things like that tweaked. So uh, I don't have an exact example right now, but imagine uh, something like... So we have uh, two or four maps, and you have to survive on them, and now enemies are like two times uh, harder to kill. Oh, cool. Or your reload speed is like 50% what you had. Uh, so we're going to have something like that. that that's this real-world data-driven uh, challenge mode. Cool. Yeah, I, I think people will be into that. I, I like that idea. I hope so. <laughs> it's going to be like, you know what it is? I, I can't, I, I'm excited about features like that because uh, like I'm playing this game for like a half year now and it's like tough for me to you know have any challenge in it because I just know it. Uh, so excited for things like that whenever we will have like, yeah, just... Just make me like scream in pain whenever I'm playing. Uh, so yeah, that's I, I can't wait for that because it's going to be random to some extent and uh, randomized to some extent, and I just can't wait to just get get my ass kicked by this game again, like <laughs> it was happening during you know the first month of, of development. Yeah. So what do you think the future holds in terms of? Uh, I mean, if you could pick any project for the studio to do next, what would you pick? Uh, you know, obviously, this isn't. This is just a fun thing. But what would you like to see the studio do more of in the future? Oh, that's I. I can tell you, like only my personal opinion. Right. It's not. It's just me. This isn't. This isn't like a game revealed or anything like that. Just for fun. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just for fun. So, so my, what I would like to do in the future. Oh God. Oh, it's hard. It's yeah, it's tough. Because some of the projects that we were talking about are may be made. So I'm trying to think of something that, that that's probably not going to be made. Well, this sounds good, though. This sounds like the kind of stuff you want to do is maybe in the works or, or maybe in yeah, the future. It's, it's, yes, it's great. It's great. So, uh, uh, like, it's one of the reasons that I'm so excited about this company is that you, 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 like, like you can 
go and talk to the CEO and said, dude, here's an idea. And he's like, oh man, that's actually kind of good. <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but so, something weird that I would like to make. I, I like to make an idle game. Oh, yeah. Like a cookie clicker type of thing. Yeah. That's something stupid, probably. I, like, if those have a sense of humor, I like those. Yeah, they're, they're kind of good. Like, our programmer is playing uh, something on his phone. Uh, like, he's constantly clicking this one. And it looks kind of fun. I always like this type of games. It's something that we will probably never make. So, I'd kind of like to do that. Yeah, uh, those make me laugh yeah. more often than more most other games. <laughs> yeah, uh, but also I, I have a dream of making a proper old school FPS. But it's by the time we could maybe even try, it, then the the market is going to be so saturated with that that probably will never make sense. It's it's harder to stand out. Yeah. Yeah, you have all those revivals right now. After after you know, dusk was pretty much a success and now, now you have Realm Moreau making a new game and, and so on and so on like you had uh, <laughs> uh, Blood I think remake right now right? Yeah he's he's in the middle of something yeah <laughs> Yeah Realm is doing his own game and then we have other releases like that so by the time we could even like try to make, start making that and it's probably will not make any sense to like even try yeah uh, yeah <laughs> but uh, that, that, that just is, oh I know I, I'd love to do a shoot 'em up an old school arcade shoot 'em up like oh uh, yeah like awesome. Pachi or Katsui or other Japanese classics from Cave I love that Bullet stuff yeah. oh it's amazing <laughs> <laughs> well I hope you get to work on that because those are I you can't make enough of those games I'll play every one that's fine with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure to send you a code if if, if we ever get to, do, do, to doing that. That'll be something to look forward to. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, so so being a producer, that's that's pretty great. I mean, you, do you see yourself staying in that capacity or moving to do anything else, or what do you think the future holds for you? That's it's it's, it's really it's, it's a hard question because. I um I was like I, I used to work as a narrative designer, quest designer. So I know how it is to work as a, a specialized employee, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then then I realized that there are like a lot of things that I would like to work like to do beyond that. And uh, being a producer in a small company is gives gives you like a certain sense of ownership, and they have a lot of responsibility on you. So you you suddenly you have to decide which which feature will make the cut and which will be cut. And uh, so this is exciting. It's actually really exciting to, to, to be able to make those decisions, to, to have this responsibility on you and be unable to say, oh, it's just not my job to do that. So this is like extremely great. And I love this feeling. So as long as it's possible to, to do that, to have this kind of uh, sense of ownership, then I would love to stay a producer. But every single company uh, has a different idea of who a producer is, right? Right. Uh, so it works for us right now, but we're going to see how it's going to work in the future. But um, I would certainly love to do to to have to do anything that features like that has a lot of responsibility written in, into the title. So management for sure. That's this is great because then you have no way of saying I'm not doing that or, or <laughs> no way of saying uh, I just don't care. Uh, I hate this attitude, right? Or like. I hate the, like any block, blocks in decision making. So your job as a producer is to like take, for example, is just to make sure that there are no roadblocks during production, production, production. And so 
uh, lack of decisions is just one of those huge roadblocks that's happened in pretty much every single company I've ever heard of. So one of the things that I love, but I can do because of having this responsibility and the sense of ownership is that I can actually make a decision. So this is amazing. And this is something that I will be hard to let go of. So yeah, I, I would love to stay in like this kind of uh, role. And I think it's going to be really hard to adjust to something different because I, I was just frust- like, my ass would be just so frustrated. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. I'm just waiting for someone else to make a decision. I'm just like banging my head on the wall in the meantime. That's just sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, like when, when you were reading, uh, I'm sure you did about Anthem, uh, and what happened during the development of this game, uh, in Bioware, right? Yeah. It's not a story about crunch. It's a story about lack of decisions. So if they have people who are able to make decisions like, yes, obviously we want to have flying in this game, then this could have probably been like a much different game, right? So so being able to say, yeah, it's going to, we need that. This is like one of the core things about this experience is just like, it's just great. It's just, you, you can do that and you like, you you know that you can fail and that this decision can be wrong, but at least the decision has been made. And so uh, everything went one step further, even though it could have been in a wrong way. I like that. I'm glad I asked you this because I, I like to hear people in your capacity say, you know, I have some ability to prevent crunch and prevent a, a bad workplace for people. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe the decision's right. Maybe it's wrong, like you said, but you've made a decision and you've given those people something to work on and hopefully manage the project correctly. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, there, there, like, there, there's a lot of things that uh, if you like, uh, if you never had a formal training, like I never had one, uh, in project management, then there are a lot of things that you don't, uh, that, you, that can surprise you, right? Because, uh, somebody realized that your management style is probably not going to be suitable for certain types of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you need to adjust to that. Then there's this really tough thing about managing people's morale versus project timelines, right? So you have this amount of time, but someone says, uh, hey, I have this amazing idea. And you hear that it really is an amazing idea, but then you just look at the, your like calendar and you say, oh man, there's no way we're gonna, like it's impossible to make that. Right. And you're gonna say, you, you have to say no. And then, uh, you, you know, this person like loses a bit of, you know, hope that this project is gonna be as good as they hope it's gonna be. Uh, so there, there's a lot of that, a lot of like soft skills and soft ego management, but uh, on those like you know on this higher level when we're talking about things like crunch, for example, we we were like overhauling this whole game and changing it uh, since November, and we there, there there was pretty much no crunch at all uh, in this project. So so the ability to to adjust course on the fly is just so like it's just amazing because since you can see that there's no time wasted actually so uh, there, there's no time wasted and you can have this idea on how we are going to proceed in the, in the in the future right so the, so that's it you're going to have a lot of uh power and influence over how this project is going to be structured in the end but at the same time uh oh that's spider-man this is what i should have said you have great power and also great responsibility because you can <laughs> steer the project in whatever way you want to, essentially, as long as what your, you know, your boss wants. 
and you, you can steer the project in a certain way, but at the same time, you need to use, you need to look at the people who are making it. And some uh, some decisions are going to be like they're going to hate some decisions, right? Because their their idea of the project is different. And when you have a huge company that employs like 300 or 500 people, then those voices they just disappear because like you have all those structures and uh, someone is a junior, someone is a regular, someone is senior, someone is a lead. There are plenty of departments and nobody essentially cares because there are people on top who, who will have the, like the last word. But when you have a company of like 10, 12, 15 people, then every single complaint is heard, right? You have to decide what whether you're gonna like talk with those people and say no, we're cutting this. It's impossible to make that right now, and risk the fact that you're gonna be pissed off, or just say okay, we're gonna cut another part that you feel might be really important to the game and implement whatever they wanted in order to you know balance this morale. It is hard. <laughs> it, it sounds hard, but it sounds like you have your head on straight about it. You have uh, an excellent strategy about you, and I, I think that's probably going to serve you well. Hopefully, I, I hope I'm not, not going to, you know, come, come to work one day and see a guillotine there, and you know, in the middle of our office. Yeah, <laughs> let's hope it doesn't come to that. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, like uh, it's it's stressful. It's hard uh, making a game in like a couple of months. Like making a game uh, in a couple of months or even a year is hard. Yeah. So, like there, there's a lot of stress included. And you know, I hope that we just you know it's gonna. Even though sometimes we might disagree, that it's gonna all work out in the end. Uh, just when we see people playing the game, because it makes you so excited whenever you see someone like actually playing the game and sharing their uh, their opinion. It's just just so great. So. I hope this everything's gonna like chill, like calm down after re- release because you know those periods leading up to release are always the hardest. Absolutely. And speaking of people interested in playing the game, where can uh, people find what you guys are doing? Who who should they follow online? Where should they look? Oh well, they should uh, definitely follow us on uh, Twitter, Draw Distance Dev, on Facebook, and our like. Feel free to join our Discord. And just chat with us. Uh, so we are not currently. We are not starting new uh, social media channels for our games. For example, you, you won't find an official channel for Ritual. We're trying to uh, to boost, you know, to get people to like the our studio, not essentially a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so follow our like Twitter channel, Twitter and uh, Facebook, our Instagram. If you want to see uh, pictures of dogs and cats, probably. <laughs> Because that's what game development is about, right? Yeah. And yeah, feel free to join on Discord because that that's where where we are at. And yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry for your rumbling. <laughs> no. Uh, when will Ritual be available on early access? Do we know? 17th of May. So this week, Friday. Uh, since your episode is probably going to go next week, then it should be already available. I've got news for you. Uh, somebody asked me to hold a show back, so I'm probably going to put this out today or tomorrow. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so maybe that'll be helpful. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay. This. Oh, oh, I'm so terrified of hearing myself, man. Oh, no, I don't, I don't think you should be at all. And people, please get, get in touch and, and let, let Camille know he did a good job here. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like, that's, 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 that's it. B- believe me, this has been a good show. People are going to enjoy hearing about this. Oh, my God, I, I hope so. I, I really hope so, because, like I said, it's the first time I've been recording anything in English. 
you guys should do a podcast. And, and that'd, be a, <laughs> that'd be a great way to reach out to the community about the game. A post, yeah, if only, you know, uh, uh, there's a day had like 48 hours inside it, uh, not 20, 24, then that would have been like great. I say that all the time. <laughs> yeah, we would love to do a podcast. We'd love to do uh, like a Twitch stream of our game. Or we, we'd like to, lo- we'd love to do everything that we possibly can uh, because it's just so much fun. Yeah. But yeah, time. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of time, I'll uh, let you get back to it. I really appreciate you uh, taking time to talk to me today. Thank you very much for like inviting me, and I hope you're uh, succulents. That's what you said. how do you pronounce this in English? Yeah. Succulents. I hope your succulents are great, man. And you know, I'm really sorry to anyone who's like living with you because it's not going to end with those two. You know that. <laughs> My wife's excited right now. I, I'm raising some plants. <laughs> I'll, I'll put the plants in the show notes for listeners. And uh, you very kindly encouraged me to keep going. But yes, I, I see what you mean. It'll be an obsession soon. It's going to be an obsession. And you're going to like have like 40 by the end of next year. And then you're going to have a special Instagram account just to, for, just for them. So Yeah, I'll start an account for it. That'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, and yeah, let's, let's stay in touch and I will make sure. Yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah, let's stay in touch. And uh, like every, like I wish everything best to your listeners. They'll appreciate it. And they'll, uh, they'll love to hear this. This will be great. So thank you again. <laughs> thank you very much. All right. Thank you to our guests. If you enjoy the Game Dev Breakdown podcast, you can subscribe at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are found. If you want to go further, you can check out what we're doing at patreon.com slash play. Look at some opportunities that our listeners get that nobody else gets. Follow the fun at CodeWritePlay.com where we post show notes and more fun stuff. And we're always working on new shows to bring you new articles, new site content, you name it. So keep an eye out. We'll talk to you soon. Mario and Ken were throwing the sign peace. America was playing real like Zaxxon in the Middle East. But no matter how much my neighbor said the world would end, I was determined to play Missile Command till the end. I wasn't your normal child who played with yak backs and friends. Cause I liked how that track ball felt like the world in my hands. Each star was a space evader, the sky was Gallica. Every day was a boss fight, the soundtrack was Metallica. This was back when the only snakes in my life were on Cupid and video.